Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Chewy, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. I swear to God, y'all, the massive dysfunction and chaos in my family is so epic right now. I thank God for this 12-step program. I saw this meme recently. Now, it was about Thanksgiving. I'm going to pull it up on my phone because I want to get the words right. But it totally applies to Christmas. And it is a picture of this beautiful family around a Thanksgiving table. And it says, Thanksgiving is like a reverse intervention (laughs) where I sit in a room with my family and they all make me want to drink again. (laughs) And I just thought, As I'm on this text chain chat with my siblings, of which I have three, um, I'm just looking at the shit that's going down and I'm like, thank God I set boundaries and removed myself from this kind of nonsense because now it's funny and I can laugh at it. And I'm like, you guys are insane. It's insane. And I thought about all of us poor folks in recovery that have to deal with insane family members over the holidays and how we should do it, how we should cope with it. Like, what are some tools? Because Lord knows we'll need them. It's morning, by the way. I'm drinking my tea. Yum. It snowed today. I woke up and watched a Christmas movie, even though I have a sermon and two final papers to hand in and my husband's coming back tomorrow. I'm like, you know what? I am in a major season of burnout and fatigue. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And I'm just going to trust that the Lord is going to take care of me and my dirty mouth. Okay. So what I Googled, I think was, wait, let me, so that you can find it. By the way, I have learned that You can be on one end of the country in a completely different city and type in the exact same things into a search engine and you get different results. I did not know this until recently. So what I typed in was sobriety coping with family during the holidays. And there was like an amazing amount of resources. There's stuff from sobriety.ca, drugfree.org, immersionrecovery.com, thriveglobal.com, thetemper.com. They're awesome. Now, the one that made me laugh the most was the one where it talks about family members and loved ones of those of addicts and how they're supposed to cope with us <laughs> during the holidays. And I'm like, wow, you know what? Those exact tools we can use on them. First one, and I think the most important, managing unrealistic expectations. So I once heard one of my former pastors talk about how stressful it was for him and his wife to go to family events, and it changed everything when someone gave him the advice to be a basically pretend he's a documentarian, a reporter that is there just to report on what they're seeing. And it removed him and his wife emotionally from it and was able to have them witness it. I often say the best reality show on planet Earth would be if cameras followed around my parents and my family, specifically my parents. They are the hub of all of the chaos and drama. They just moved. And it's, I mean... I don't even know what to say. It's so beyond right now. They moved and they moved closer to my sister. <laughs> Sucker. She's stuck with them now. They're like three and a half hours away from me. 
Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, what was I saying when I lost my train of thought? Uh, oh, yeah. So watching the scene. So that's that's why I said the reality show comment. If my family was a reality show, it would be my favorite reality show on planet Earth. Oh, my husband's FaceTiming me. Hang on one second. <laughs> Don't you love how I answer the phone when I'm on the podcast with you? Hi, I'm podcasting. Oh, okay, cool. I'll oh, call you back. Okay, bye. Um, so managing expectations. So expectations, you may have heard, are resentments waiting to happen. So if you expect your family to act normal as if they've ever acted normal one day in their lives, then you're going to be disappointed. And you, if you expect that... And I'm going to just direct this at people where your family wants to kill you and they like emotionally and psychologically. So if you have a fully functioning family, bravo. I don't know what that's like, but I bet it's awesome. But if you don't have a fully functioning family, um, the assumption that they actually want you to be well, normal and sane is an expectation that's probably going to result in resentment. So not having expectations is super important. What's the next one on this list? Okay. How to let go. Oh, that's so important. Which that goes along with expectations, by the way. To not have an expectation, you have to let go of an expectation. So arming yourself in prayer is a really good idea, but also arming yourself with setting up people in a recovery circle, letting your recovery buddies know, I might need some extra support. I'm doing the family thing tonight. Letting your sponsor know what's going on. Um, those are really helpful too. So basically it's like going to battle. So what do you need to go into battle to protect yourself? You need backup. So make sure you have backup. You need to let go of what you think the outcome should be or what your experience will be. And at any time, it's okay to leave. I am famous in my family in the middle of something by saying, okay, I'm done. And it's not a threat. Yes, people can get upset, but I don't do it out of anger. I'm just like, okay, I'm finished. I'm going home now. And then the dreaded like 15 minute goodbye. Oh, I hate that so much. I just want to leave. So I decide I'm going to leave when I feel like I'm ready to leave. Because if I decide when I want to leave when I actually want to leave, that's a bad situation. So in this article, it talks about... Oh, make preparations in advance. Recovering addicts need to assemble a recovery kit. Oh, that's so cute. That they can take with them before joining their families for holiday celebrations. This kit would include contact information for the recovering person's sponsor, comma, therapist, okay? People in recovery that may be traveling out of town need to bring reading material, whether it is AA's big book. Oh, that's a great idea. Like in a, in a fury, just like going to the big book and flipping it open to a given page and reading that page. Um, I travel with mine in my truck all the time. Nowadays, because I don't fucking go anywhere and I'm in a closet on a podcast, it's, with, it's right beside me. But it's usually in my truck because I take it to meetings. But having your materials with you is a great idea. Maybe picking out if it's a Bible verse for you or a quote from the big book or something from a recovery publication that you may like, even something like the language of letting go or living sober. Maybe just a quote that you find really grounding can be your little mantra going in for the evening. Enter early, depart early. That's another suggestion. We talked about that 
BYOB, bring your own beverages. Okay, I have to do this because I am sick of like sparkling water with no flavor at anybody's house. My mother, by the way, I'll just say she may try and sneak some things in with me. (laughs) She has tried to make me eat, um, I think they're called like nine hour mushrooms. She basically stewed mushrooms in a bottle of red wine. They were black, y'all. I think it was at a Thanksgiving. They were black and they were on the table. And she was like, it's fine. The booze has been cooked out. And I'm just looking at her like, holy shit, man. Gotta be careful with that sneaky one. So bring your own beverages. I have learned to do this. I, in particular, like a wine glass. I like a champagne glass. I like a non-alcoholic cocktail. So I will bring, like, up here in Canada, we have um, a Canadian sort of no-name brand called, it's a fancy no-name brand, called President's Choice. Um, Even though we don't have a president, but it's president of the company. Anyways, they have really beautiful bottles of, like, pomegranate lemon is my favorite one. It's a deep, rich red, and it's carbonated. And they have uh, a ginger pink lemonade, and they have these different flavors. And it's one of those old-school pressure bottle tops. Now, this can be a trigger for some, by the way. Not for me, because I like to have a fancy drink. And usually people will have uh, sparkling water, if I'm lucky, and maybe ginger ale. But on fancy times, I like to have fancy things to drink. So bring your own beverages so you're not coveting other people's. Have an escape plan. (laughs) This sounds like we're preparing for the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse. But the holidays can be exactly that for a lot of us in recovery. Um, And that's all it says on this article. But I mean, like I said, you can find all kinds. Let's click on nine tips for having... (laughs) Oh, I love this site so much. Oh my gosh, you guys haven't seen it in forever. It's called The Temper. It's the coolest sobriety slash recovery website you'll ever come along with. And in this article, which is nine strategies for surviving family during the holidays, there is a picture of a man with his middle finger up in the car. And this man comes from one of my favorite Christmas movies, which is National Lampoon's I think it's called Christmas Holiday. I can't even remember what it is. But it's Clark. It's Clark. And he's got his middle finger up. That is so good. So you have to check out this article. This website's so cool. Lisa and I read holiday tips from them a couple years ago on a Prepare for the Holidays podcast. Um, so let's see what their tips are. One, get mentally prepared for questions. Oh, I never thought about that. When I was early in recovery, when people would ask why I wasn't drinking, I'd always stumble. Um, Sometimes it came out that I'm an alcoholic. Sometimes it was I'm on medication. Sometimes it was uh, I'm allergic to alcohol. So having a rehearsal is really good. Get mentally prepared for questions. Two, remember that it's only temporary. This is very helpful. One time I was at a... um, I'll just go ahead and say it, an all-inclusive spa retreat by myself. This is when I was married the first time, and I spent most of my time by myself. And um, it was in New Year's. It was New Year's, and we're all in our robes in this beautiful, fancy dining room, and it's all full of, like, chattering women, and there's Christmas music going, and or holiday music going, I think. I can't remember. Anyways, that was clearly a lie. There's some kind of music going. That's not a lie. And these servers started coming around and putting little shot glasses on all of the tables and the shot glasses were full of this most beautiful like pink bubbly 
I don't know what it was, but it was some kind of champagne shot. And then later on, they came over with champagne. And I remember feeling so sorry for myself in this all-inclusive high-end spa retreat. Little Miss Princess was all feeling sorry for herself because she couldn't drink it. And I kept just giving it to the ladies at the next table who were delighted, by the way. And I just remember having this moment of clarity that was like, really, bitch, you're going to let liquid, liquid in a glass and you not being able to drink that liquid in a glass be the reason that you can't have a good time at this fancy place with your nice privileged ass? Seriously? And I just remember thinking, oh my God, how stupid am I? How spoiled am I? I've been given freedom from a disease that ruined my life. And I'm upset because I can't have the delicious pink liquid in that glass like everyone else. So remembering Is it worth it to throw away your recovery for one night for a whole bunch of motherfuckers that don't give a shit if you're sober? Is it worth it? The answer is always no. And another helpful thing one of my sponsees helped me with when she almost relapsed was like, if I'm going to throw away my whole life, I'll do it tomorrow. So just remember it's only temporary. Number three they have here. Have a plan if things get uncomfortable. We did that. The game plan. Know what you're drinking ahead of time. We also covered that. Offer to help with the dishes or the kids. That's smart because the kids hopefully don't drink. So they're always a fun distraction. And I'm the person that loves to clean the kitchen or clean up the plates too because I'm also an introvert and I just I am done at most points in the night. Um, so just being quiet and focusing on doing something with my hands and being away from the drama and just like cocking an ear to what's going on. I love to do that. Number six, this is a really good one. Understand that not everyone is going to quote unquote get it. No one in my family gets it. They think I'm a liar. They don't believe that I have a problem with alcohol. They probably think I'm doing it to get attention. Um, Guess what? They don't have to get it. We do. The only person that has to get it is you and your sponsor. So we can't play the victim. No one understands me. This is so hard. It's not for them to understand. It's for us to understand and for us to work on. The good news is we have 12 things, which are called the 12 steps, which you can run through very quickly in like a moment when you want to drink. I'm powerless over alcohol. Yep, there's step one. I have a higher power. Great. That's step two. Higher power, please help me. That's step three. Step four. Where am I going wrong here? What is my part in all of this? Steps five. Tell someone. Maybe text it to your sponsor. Maybe just tell God. Send up a prayer. Six and seven. Please, I want to get rid of this feeling, whatever it is, so I can move on with my life in this night. Eight, have I snapped at someone? Do I need to make an amends? Nine, if I do, make an amend. Maybe even an amend to myself, being hard on myself. Ten, uh, I don't know, just go over it all again in your mind. Eleven, do a little prayer, do a little meditation. Twelve, practice the things and all the steps that you have just learned. Or reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm having a shitty Christmas. How are you doing? You can do that in like less than two minutes. Seven, show love but keep your boundaries. Oh, that's interesting. I'm not going to get into that right now. Eight, plan your exit early. Yep. Nine, stay strong and treat yourself. Uh, don't listen to anyone who tells you that it's no big deal and that you can have just one drink. No shit. At the end of the day, only you know yourself and your family situation. You can still love your family while also recognizing that you love yourself and need to do what's best for you. You know what's really cool at the bottom of this article? To sign up for this website 
to subscribe, it, it has a button that says fuck drinking. Well, it actually says F ampersand, which I think is the fancy name for the and symbol. Maybe it's not. F and symbol CK drinking. Sign up. Oh, I love this website so much. So there you have it. I hope those were helpful holiday tips. We are just over into one week um, until Christmas. So plan early and avoid disappointment later, y'all. I hope that was helpful. It helped me. Man, I wish I could tell you about all the drama in my family. Maybe one day I will. But until then, I I bid you farewell, my darling ones, and I'll talk to you soon.